Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. I'm going to speak from the subject called the weeping trees. The weeping trees. A little cryptic today. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 22 through 25. It says, once more the Philistines came up and they spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, and he answered, Do not go straight up. Do not react, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. Now, poplar was another word for mulberry, or there's another word in the Hebrew that's used called baka, and baka means weeping. So he says, Go out and stand in front of the weeping trees. Now, it's not going to be too simple today, okay? I'm going to give you some, some symbolic things. So you got to put on your thinking caps. I know it's Sunday morning, but I need you to think on it for a second because I believe that hidden in the Old Testament are real-life messages that can affect us and influence our life, our momentum, our spiritual journey today. So it says, I want you to attack them in front of the weeping trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching, in the tops of the weeping trees, move quickly, advance, because that will mean that the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. Now, I, I want to talk to you from this story because it, it starts out in the text, and it says, once more... The Philistines attack. Now, if you know anything about the Old Testament, the Philistines are the nemesis of the Israelites. They are always attacking them. Poor David had to fight the Philistines over and over and over again. And I don't know about you, but for me, I thought when I really got serious about God, I wouldn't really have to fight enemies anymore. I, I thought it was just going to be like life would get easier I don't know if it's just like too much to ask for. I thought life was going to get a little bit, uh, a little bit better. I thought that when I made that decision to follow Jesus, that was a death blow to the enemy, and he would never attack me again. And if you have that experience, I need you to lay hands on me afterwards and help me in my own journey. Because what I've found out is that at times even things got more difficult. That my walk has been good and I've grown and I've been strengthened and God's done so much, but it hasn't been without a fight. It hasn't been without a battle. And, and I think that, that somewhere along the lines I realized that just because I said I'm going to live for God, I'm going to stand up for Him, I'm going to give my life to this call, that that doesn't mean that there's never going to be opposition. Now if you know anything about me, I'm a little bit OCD. And uh, I like my house really clean. Now, there's a difference between straightened and clean. Some of you guys need to just understand this. Some of y'all straighten, okay? People come over, you throw everything in the closet, everything in the back room, and people come in and it's like, wow, your house is clean. That's not clean. That's straightened, okay? I'm talking about clean is when you can, like, run your finger over something and look and say, oh, well, there's a little... Um, Wiley, I hope you can see that with an HD camera. There's a little bit of dust right there. Uh, I like to rub my finger over something and just realize, like, there's nothing. I like clean. And, and so the other day I was sitting in my, in, in my office in my house, and, and uh, I have my chair in there. And, and any great man of God has to have their chair. That's not shared with anyone. Okay, their chair. We got a lot of chairs in the house. There's one chair that's mine. 
Don't ever sit in that chair, okay? So I'm sitting in the chair, and, 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 and I'm there, and I was studying for, for something I was about to be speaking at, and there on the arm of the chair crawls a spider. And I'm just like, really? I mean, in this clean house, in my super sealed doors, with my people that come and spray for insects and spiders more often, maybe, than we should have them come to make sure this doesn't happen. This spider's just like crawling across my chair. And, and, and in that moment, I realized something is that just because I make a decision to live for God and to stand up for Him, it does not mean that I will not have to fight that battle again. Just because I cleaned my house really well and I made sure that everything's out, there's no spiders, no insects, no dust, it doesn't, wouldn't it be nice if you never had to do it again? Wouldn't it be nice you mow that lawn and it's just, ah, it's just there, but it's like two days and it's like, really, again? I mean, it, it, it happens so fast. I have these rebellious bushes in the front of my house and I don't even like the bush. I should just tear them out. I don't even like the bushes. They're just there and they grow. I mean, they grow radically. It is, I don't even know what kind they are. I'm not good with outside stuff, okay? And, and, and these things just grow. And, and so we cut them down, and they grow back. We cut them down shorter, they grow back. I try to, like, kick them every time I walk by, hoping they'll die, and I'll have to. They just grow back. It's amazing the maintenance that you have to have in order to keep a house clean, a bush trimmed, or maybe your spiritual life moving. Wouldn't it be nice you just come Sunday morning, we give you the quick fix, you're done, you just leave for the rest of your life, you're floating on air, you're singing with angels, you have like goosebumps permanently, feeling the presence of God. I mean, that would be amazing. It's just not reality. And David is fighting the Philistines. The Bible says that he overcame the Philistines, and then it says, and once more. Anybody ever had a once more? You just feel like you accomplished something. You just felt like you made some progress, and then once more. You just felt like you got your kids to do that one thing, and then once more. You, you, you just feel like you finally made some progress financially. Does this happen to anybody else? Things happen, like, all at once. It's like everything's working, it's amazing, but then everything's broken and everything, everything breaks. Car breaks, the dishwasher breaks, the, the, the laundry, the, the washer machine breaks. I was going to say the laundry machine, but you get the point. The thing that cleans the, you can tell I do a lot of laundry. The thing that washes the clothes breaks. When it breaks, it all breaks. So I was saying, when it rains, it pours. Isn't that the truth? Is, is that when one thing happens, it seems like everything happens. And this is what David encounters in his own life because he had just come off a of victory. And then it said once more. I don't know about you, but that'd be discouraging. We touched got out of a series in, about take heart, and we talked about how disappointment or discouragement is, is facing something, and, 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 and discouragement sets in, and you get stuck in what you've been facing. That's how disappointment gets you, is you get stuck in something that you should have moved through, and just when you get through it, you get faced with something else, and it's hard to keep your spirits up. It's hard to keep your faith up, and this is what David's encountering. He already had a great victory, but now once more, he's got to face the Philistines again. I, I, I love momentum. 
I'm like a big fan of momentum. I love watching sporting events, and I like seeing the momentum shift. I mean, I love it. I love it when a team is way down, and the momentum starts to shift, and you can, I don't know if you, am I the only one? You, you, you can feel it, like start to change, like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, here they come, here they come. It's, you know, everybody knew that was going to happen yesterday. Baylor had the lead, and, you know, I shouldn't say this here. Pastor Steve, I love you, uh, but Baylor had the lead, and we all knew. Right? You're just waiting for the moment where it shifted, and it came. I was watching. I'm like, it lasted longer than I thought it would, but it did. It shifted, and I go, oh, here they come. I won't even speak of their name in the church. And here they come. It's a shift of momentum. Momentum is powerful, but this is the problem with momentum, is that most people, when they feel momentum, is the, the sign for them that they can take their foot off the accelerator. Things are going well. Things are looking up. I'm making some progress. I'm making enough money. I have more money than I do month. That's progress. So I begin to take my foot off the accelerator. But I'm going to tell you what the power of momentum is. The power of momentum is the ability to break through things that you other, otherwise would have stopped you without momentum. If you parked your car up against the wall of this building and floored it and tried to break through, you would not be able to break through. No matter how big a truck you have and how much power you have. But if you maybe got back about 100 yards and you floored that thing and you came running into this building, you might just break through. Same power, same horsepower, same engine, same truck, same driver. The only difference? Momentum. So when you have momentum, you have the ability or the capacity to break through things that otherwise would have stopped you. And the problem with once more is once more breaks up your momentum because you're coming off the momentum of a win, but once more you get hit with a battle. And what do you do when you have momentum but another battle happens? Usually we, st we, st we tend to steer away from the battle because we just got out of one. But little do we know, with the momentum that came from the last battle, we would easily break through the next battle. Momentum is powerful. There's some enemies of momentum. There's an enemy of momentum called comfort. Because as soon as you have momentum, you get comfortable. There's an enemy of momentum called complacency. Because as soon as you have momentum, you kind of begin to get complacent. There's an enemy of momentum called compromise. Because when you have momentum, you let your guard down. There's an enemy of momentum called conflict. Which is what we're talking about today. It's when you just got through with the battle. But you still got another one around the corner. You ever had a really busy day? Like really busy? Like, I had a really busy day yesterday, really busy. We're launching Wiley. We're there setting up. We had soccer games, and, and, and I mean, just, you know, it's just craziness. I'm getting my message ready, and we're running from one thing to another, and everything that's happening, I'm about 10 minutes behind, so I'm rushing to the next thing. And, and, and the problem with a busy day is when the next day is busier. And this is what I think happens with battles a lot of times. It, it, it's, it's, it's nice to know on Friday when you're done with work, the weekend unless you don't have a weekend. And I think that's how life sometimes feels, is there's no weekend to my battles. There's no weekend to the struggle. There's no weekend to the difficulty. I just got done with Friday, but Saturday looks worse. 
And so what do you do when tomorrow looks worse than today? And I want to talk to you from this text because I believe that even in this Old Testament text, David encountered this and he actually gives us keys to capitalize on in gaining and keeping your spiritual momentum. The first thing in gaining your spiritual momentum is learn to take advantage of the valley. Nobody likes the valley. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow. Valley is bad. It's derogatory. Nobody likes the valley. But if you learn how to take advantage of your valley, we say this all the time. Where there's great opposition, there's great opportunity. That opposition is actually a prophetic indicator that God is about to do something in my life. You know when breakthrough happens? Breakthrough happens at the point of greatest tension. It, it, if I was to break something, like pull out my like super jujitsu karate skills and break a two by four up here, it would not break at the place of least tension. It would break at the place of greatest tension. But we, even with that understanding, our aim in life is not to walk through tension, it's to avoid tension. But what would you do if you knew that your breakthrough was associated with your problem? Did you know that in order to have a miracle, you have to have a problem? We, oh, I want to see miracles. If you want a miracle, you have to have a problem because the miracle happens in the problem. We have to take advantage of the valley. This text says once more the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley. Where did they spread out? They spread out in the valley. The enemy always attacks us in the valley. He doesn't attack you after you've had the best day of your life. He doesn't attack you when you're on your spiritual high and you're doing great. He doesn't attack you when your wife is just doing everything that you would ever want her to do and she's just the super mom and super wife. He doesn't attack you then. He doesn't attack you when your kids are just well-behaved and just beautiful and righteous. And it, No. He attacks you when they're acting crazy. He attacks you in a downtime. In a bad time, in a bad day, he chooses the valley to bring his onslaught against us. But if you're going to maintain spiritual momentum, you have to learn to take advantage of your valley. Because valleys are going to come. Dark days are going to come. Difficulty is going to come. The Bible says this. It says, in this world, you will encounter trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. It says you will go through some difficulty. So you have to learn how to take advantage of the valley. Now this is interesting. In this story it says that I want you to stand in front of these weeping trees. I think it's really interesting that it didn't say stand in. It said stand in front. What that means to us is that a lot of us like to stand in our place of pain. Maybe not even stand. Maybe lay Maybe, maybe just sprawl out wherever you've been hurt, wherever you failed, wherever you've had questions, and we stay in a place of weeping. But God's plan was not for them to stay in a place of weeping. God's plan was to actually use their weeping for his purpose. So he said, I don't want you to stand in your weeping. I just got to encourage somebody that if you've been going through something, you've got to stop stopping and begin to move. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You've got to get a move on and get out of what you're in. You can't just camp in sorrow. You can't camp in depression. You can't camp in discouragement. You have to learn to take advantage of the valley. And the way that they did it is they stood in front of their weeping. 
It didn't mean that they didn't weep. They walked through. This is what we talked about in our last series was Take Heart, is that you, you're going to walk through discouraging times, but discouragement is when you stop in the discouraging moment. Stand in front of your weeping and wait for the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10, 11 says, Anyone you forgive, I also forgive, and what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. Now look at verse 11. In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Can I just encourage you with something? The enemy doesn't create any new ways to attack you. It's the same thing. Some of you are like, why well, this kind of weirding me out? You talk about the enemy attacking us. Let me just help you. The enemy might not show up with like a pitchfork and horns on his head. It might look at times like your boss. Sorry, y'all yeah, yeah, right? All my staff better stay silent right now. It, it, it might look like your kids. Well, you're saying my kids are the enemy? No, I'm just saying that the enemy will use any mode of transportation to try to get under your skin to make you lose sight of where he's taking you. And if you lose sight of what God's doing in the valley, the valley will become your permanent place instead of a place that you pass through. You're not called to camp out in despair or discouragement. You are called to pass through. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Be careful not to make an emotional decision in the valley of your life. Turn your valleys into places that you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take, I'm going to learn from the valley. I am going to make the valley pay. I'm going to take advantage of what I'm going through. If you're going through a difficult time right now, I just want you to know this, is that your valley could be a springboard for what God wants to do next in your life. The closest I have ever felt to God and the, the, the loudest that I've ever heard God speak to me have been times when my heart has been breaking. The Bible says in Psalms that he is close to those whose hearts are breaking. It doesn't mean that you don't walk through weeping. It just means when you walk through it, you walk through it. The second key to maintaining your spiritual momentum is learn to listen for the sound. I want to help you with this because the, the, the defense mechanism in us is to just fight in our natural ability. So the, 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 the Philistines came back and it says, once more, the Philistines came to attack. And God speaks to David because David inquires of the Lord. God speaks to him and says, don't go straight up and attack. Because he knew he wouldn't have won. He said, don't go straight up and attack. I'm not with you. In that attack. Let me just put it this way. Our reaction is usually not God's strategy. So we have got to take time to inquire of the Lord and wait for him. Wait for him and to listen for his leading and for his guiding. Did you know that disguising every problem is a miracle? And if you would take the time to wait and to listen for him, you would hear him. Now, I want to show you something that's really interesting. It says that in verse 24, it says, it says as soon as you hear the sound of marching in, top, in the tops of the weeping trees, I want you to show you how God showed up, because I think this might help you in your personal life. God didn't show up straight ahead, head on to the enemy. God showed up through the weeping trees. He showed up, when we're talking about the weeping trees, that is talking about your own broken heart. 
Any issue that you've ever had, anything that has ever gone wrong, anything where you just have some disappointment. We talked about this last week, is that you can be okay in every area. 99% of you can be fine, but in 1%, you can be discouraged, and it can affect all of you. And the way that God shows up in this scene is he comes through the weeping trees. He says, stand in front of the weeping trees, and then God begins to move through. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. I've got a word for somebody that maybe you've had some weeping. Maybe you've had some difficult times. Maybe you have went through some, some trying moments of your faith. Maybe you have been discouraged or disappointed. Maybe you've encountered loss in some way. The Bible says this weeping may endure for a night, but joy, joy is the promise. It's the promise of God. This tells me if I can wait it out, joy will come. You know what, I think people give up way too soon. Like maybe right before God's about to break through. Like maybe right before God's about to do something big in their life, they give up because the breakthrough happens at the place of greatest tension. But when the tension gets great enough, I want to withdraw. But I could have been possibly so close to breaking through. I'm going to tell you this. In this next season of your life, God wants to break through like he's never broken through before. He wants to create such spiritual momentum. What is spiritual momentum? What does that look like? That means that I'm not like just holding on to my faith, like just barely holding on. It's that I'm actually beginning to get strengthened. Or the mission of our church is to know God to be strong. That, that mission is, I've realized that I can't do this thing on my own. That in order to be strong, I actually have to be weak. Because in my weakness, He is made strong. So if I'm going to make it through tomorrow, I'm going to make it in this next season. I'm going to maintain this spiritual momentum. I've got to be real before God. I've got to stand in front of my weeping. And I have to listen for Him to come through. And I just got great news for somebody. He will come through for you. He will come through. He might be on his way. Today might be your moment for a miracle. I'll tell you, the next 15 minutes could be what you need. You might hear one thing. Faith might jump in your heart. Your body might get healed. You might get a phone call. You might get a text. It could be today. that God, That's how you wait on the Lord. You don't wait on the Lord and say, ah, it's been a while, God. You wait on the Lord with anticipation, waiting at the window of your life, watching, watching, fully believing, full expectation that God is about to show up. The third thing to maintain spiritual momentum is learn to advance quickly. I don't know if you ever feel like this, but this is how I feel like with my journey with God. It's like, hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait, right? It's like, come on, obey God, obey God, and then now wait, 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 wait. It seems like there's a lot of waiting. It's like, you ever been to a theme park? You know, it's like you just try your best to get to Six Flags on open so there's not long lines. You hurry, you run, you run, and then you wait in the line for 30 seconds of a ride, and then you run to the next ride to wait for three hours. That's how my walk with God feels like sometimes. It's like, okay, I'm going, God, I'm going, and then I wait. Wait, wait. When are you going to come through? When are you going to show up? God, when am I going to get that breakthrough? When am I going to get that word? When am I going to get that account? When am I going to get that idea? When, am, when is my boss going to see my talent? When is the church going to see my anointing? When, when, when? We start asking these questions, waiting, waiting, waiting. That's how it feels sometimes to follow God. But just because we're impatient doesn't mean that God stopped. 
He's coming. He's on his way. And today, the entire message is to let you know that God in this next season, not just in you personally, but also corporately in our church, is about to re-energize spiritual momentum. Because now is not the time to take the pedal off the accelerator. Now is the time to push the pedal to the metal and do whatever God has put in our heart to do. You know what? Our nation is in some trouble right now. Our nation has some issues right now. But I'm going to tell you this. There's a battle behind the battle. The battle is not a person. The battle is not a name. The battle is not an office. The battle is deeper than that. The battle is in root issues. The Bible says we do not fight against flesh and blood. You know what the enemy's tactics are a lot of times? Get us fight each other. Get us on Facebook just hammering each other. I watched a Facebook battle go down last night between a pastor I know and all of the hordes of hell and they were going at it and he's like scripture and there's scripture and Hebrew and they're Greek and they're Latin Vulgate and it's going and the, I mean I'm like stop stop you cannot win against haters haters gonna hate it's just the way it is like stop right now because that's not the battle there's a battle beneath the battle there's something deeper. And what you need to go to the next level is you need spiritual momentum. You're here. That's great. But I'm going to tell you, God wants to energize you to a moment, to a place where you have spiritual momentum. And you begin to run. And you can feel the wind at your back. And you can realize the thing that's been stopping me, I'm about to break through. The thing that I've been hitting up against, I'm about to bust through. You've been at that level too long. Let me just prophesy to you for a second. You've been at that level way too long. There's more in you. There's greatness in you. God's called you to great things. God's called you to big things. We're not trying to just fill a building. We're trying to reach a city. We're not trying to just reach a city. We're trying to reach a nation. I'm telling you, this is not about Church 1132. This is about the body of Christ. This is about the kingdom of God. And the Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence. But the violent take it by force. You've got to take it advantage of every valley. You've got to take advantage of every wilderness. You've got to take advantage of every painful season that you've ever walked through. You've got to listen for the sound. And when you hear God walking through your brokenness, it's time to act. That's when they moved. They moved when they heard God walking through the weeping trees. See, this cool thing is God never will avoid your pain. He'll walk through your pain. I could get real emotional just even thinking or talking about how good God is to walk through pain because he never leaves us. I know it feels like it sometimes, but, but this is the thing about God is, is that he'll never leave us in the weeping trees. He comes through the weeping trees. And you know what? He's going to use that setback He's going to use that bankruptcy. He's going to use that failed partnership. He's going to use that marriage. He is going to use that dilemma. And he's going to use it for his glory. We said God doesn't cause everything, but he does use everything. 
And I'm here to encourage somebody in the house. I'm here to encourage Wiley and Saxie and Murphy. I'm here to encourage all those that are watching online all over the world that God sees you right where you're at and he's not done. But today he wants to supernaturally jumpstart your spiritual momentum. That ceiling that has been keeping you at that level and at that place is about to be broken. I just want to declare it over your life. It's about to break today. The Bible says he is Baal Perizim, which is the God who breaks out. He is the God of breakthrough. He is the master of breakthrough. He is your answer. He's your source. He is the generator of all spiritual momentum. He's all that you need. I'll give you one scripture and we'll be done. I'm going to tell you today, it's your move, but it's God's fight. It's your move, but it's God's fight because he promises. This is what it says. Wait till you hear the sound of God moving through the trees. And that will be the sign to you that he will go out and fight for you. And then advance quickly. It doesn't mean we're not going to have to fight. It means that we've got to make a move, but it's, it's his fight to win. And he's going to win it. Listen, when you're fighting for your kids, just know this. He's going to win. When you're fighting for your marriage, just know this. He'll win. But you've got to create spiritual momentum to walk through the once mores of life. Because just when you think you got something defeated, once more is going to pop up. Let me give you a scripture. Theologians believe this, is that where the weeping trees were at was actually in the valley that we read about, the valley that's also in the book of Psalms called the Valley of Baca, which means the Valley of Bitterness or the Valley of Weeping. And this is what Psalm 84 says. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pil pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, as they pass through it, they make it a place of springs. This is what I want to leave you with, is whatever you've been walking through that's been weeping, whatever you've been walking through that's been broken, God will, not even when you come through it, but in that valley, he will make it a place of springs. He is a safe place. He is a strong place. He is a city on a hill. He is a refuge to all who come to him. He is a shadow. He is a shield. He is what you need in whatever season of life that you're walking through right now. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.